Why can't I hear you, fuckers? <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh here we no! Go. How much? How much do you want to wager that his headphones get tossed across the room? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, $10. I want to bet. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet they do get tossed across the room. All right, deal. I'll take you on that. 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm not actually eaten. Exactly. The Badlands are in South Dakota, dog. The we the quickest way is through North Dakota, which, uh, is, which is. And and what part do you start eating the uh, the other participants of your party? <laughs> yeah, the Dakotas hey. just sort of blur together. So, no, South Dakota is significantly cooler than North Dakota. You're the only person that said South Dakota is legitimately cooler than anything. <laughs> yeah. South, South Dakota is sweet. South South Dakota has the Badlands. South Dakota has the Black Hills. Does it have Mount Rushmore? It does have Mount Mount, oh. Mount Rushmore is like meh, but the Black Hills are dope. The Badlands are dope. Sioux Falls is actually like a cute, charming city. Um, what about your Mount Rushmore of Oregon State football? My Mount. All positions? <laughs> all, all. all positions. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, Marcus Wheaton and Rashad Reynolds are up there because they've been on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then the other two are... Um, Alexis Serna. L- Lauren Sinicola and Amy Sinicola with Alexis Serna <laughs> as an honorable mention. Um, I did say Beaver football, but yeah. Beaver fo- You did say Beaver football. Um, I think the best Beaver football player of all time not necessarily just on the field as a beaver, but I think the when you think of terms of talent, overall level of talent that was at the peak of their talent in when they passed through Corvallis and then also went on to do more as a pro, I would say is Steven Jackson. Yeah. I, I got into a debate with Eric Hoy about this. Shout out Ehoy one time in college where I was like, you have to, you just have to say Terry Baker is the best Oregon State football player ever because he won the Heisman. But I mean, we can be pragmatic adults about this and watch. You can watch Steven Jackson highlights and then watch Terry Baker highlights and be <laughs> like, "I think that guy's better at football." And for me, so it's just was, four Steven Jacksons. That's your four, it's it's <laughs> it's uh, Steven Jackson laughing, uh, Steven Jackson yelling, Steven Jackson smiling, and then also pensive Steven Jackson. What about Steven Jackson Ooh. when he had his helmet ripped off against the Niners when he was playing for the Rams and he still just continued barreling over defenders? And I was sitting there yeah. watching in my living room like, that guy's an animal. How can right. he possibly feel comfortable running through defenders with fiberglass helmets on right. when his whole <laughs> skull was exposed to all the torture that was coming his way. He was so phenomenal in the NFL because he was like that runner that was big and strong and punishing and just ran over people. Like, yeah, you could rip his helmet off and he wouldn't stop and it wouldn't matter. And he also had like 110 receptions in one year like doing that same shit it was like mike allstott and marshall falk (laughs) shout out mike allstott oh man yeah i had a mike allstott jersey a shocker i think we've talked about you having a mike allstott jersey on this podcast before uh, which we've no doubt (laughs) lost track of because this is the 31st episode of the belligerent bees podcast i have no idea how long you guys were recording before i got my shit together but welcome (laughs) Beaver fan <laughs> to the 31st episode of uh, the Belligerent Beebs podcast. Uh, we are the Babes. I am Terry Horseman, joined as always as I am by J.P. Bertram and Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Wehage. Uh, we are recording this late on Monday, January 10th. The uh, college football championship just wrapped up. Georgia beats uh, Alabama in I, a game that became entertaining. I thought so. Um, I, I I missed most of the first half and caught the end of the first half. Uh, so, and it, when I was told I didn't miss much other than some pretty good defensive football. A lot um, of field goals. Yeah, Lots good kickers. Goals. 
Yeah, and you know what? Just to just to intervene here in my household, kickers are king right now. Nice. There is a field a, a child's field goal post in the background. Would you say that kickers kick? Kickers kick in and the then, same way that shooters shoot. Yeah, kickers but, kick, but better, but better. And uh, <laughs> so it was an entertaining first half for my family, at least. <laughs> yeah. Was Everett going out and kicking field goals on that field goal every time a, a Georgia or Alabama kicker came out to try and put three on the board? He was kicking field goal field goals earlier though when I was uh, on the Peloton. I could hear oh, him practicing. Nice. We got like there's the you could you could see above my thumb here, and the listeners can't see this, but on the table behind me is a little orange kicking tee, you know, like the old school kicking tee. Yeah, I remember that. Mostly they're really like a kickoff kicking tee. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they, they they ship it with this little field goal. Um, he also bought one of those like real professional like fold out tees. He, like, he bought it? Does well, he have I a job bought, now? I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> he asked for it though. He wanted it. He wanted something to hold it up so he could do kicks. That goalpost is right in front of a window. Aren't <laughs> you worried he's going to break something? No, he's got, it's like a soft football. They should have like a Peloton for kids, but one where they like, sure you want to kick Nerf field goals. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Ev would like something like that. That's true. Well, yeah. Let's just pivot this thing into that. I'm, yeah. I'm done with this podcast. Yeah, it's no. going to be an economic money-making podcast because that's a good idea. Yeah, because <laughs> who the hell wants to make a podcast that makes no money? <laughs> Not us. <laughs> nope. We're rolling in it, as, as, as we've documented. Yeah. Um, because of all of our dope merchandise, which uh, you can find on belligerentbeeves.com. Uh, yeah. Some new new shit's gone up uh, that we can uh, that we can talk about later, um, but yeah. So your national champions for the 2021 college football season are the Georgia Bulldogs of the SEC. Uh, the 2021 college football season can't hurt you anymore, listener. It's done. It's over. Uh, Georgia are the champions, and I was prepared to get on this podcast and talk about how college football recently has just felt like. A million programs uh, across 50 states going through the motions, going through all this drama just so that Nick Saban can lift another championship trophy. Uh, but his protege, Kirby Smart, finally uh, got the better of him. And um, future University of Oregon coach Dan Lanning looked really good on the sideline while Kirby Smart called all of the defensive sets. So, um, Oregon fans, your new coach is a national champion uh, and will never be one again. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so. but they'll still they'll still hang their hat on that one. But he got right. one at Georgia. <laughs> he was technically the coach of Oregon when See, he won yeah, the national right. championship. Well, even like based on the way, like the before, like the BCS and before college football playoff, where like the season would play out and then they just decide who's the national championship. Oregon could be like, we're going to claim 18% of the national title because Dan yeah. Lanning had said he was agreed to be the head coach 18 days before the national championship. Land Danning. Land Dan, Danning. Land Dan. I like that. That's like yeah. not even like, that's Land not disrespectful. Danning. It's just fun. Yeah. yeah. Land Danning. Land Danning. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Land Danning. <laughs> That black and uh, that black and red ring is gonna look good on your finger. Uh, red is just a whisper away from orange. Um, so yeah, when you become a Jonathan Smith's defensive coordinator in four years, it's gonna fit right in uh, with uh, with your new swag. That's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Duck fans, chill. 
And we don't want Land Danning anyways. We had I'm just pray. having a little bit of fun. It's the first day of the offseason. There's nine months before college football gets played again. We got to spice it up a <laughs> little bit. Can we cheers to the end of the college football season? Cheers. Yeah. The first cheers. Penny, God damn it. <laughs> it makes it more fun. Does it? Yeah, well, for me, definitely not for you. I feel like I get distracted like super easily, but it's, it might it might be the edible. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> this whole podcast is distracted. Yeah, yeah. That's Where were brand. we again? <laughs> we're so uh, lost. We've already know. covered like multiple we were talking things. about the Mount. Thank Rushmore. you for tuning in to episode thirty-one. I'm Terry Horseman, joined by JP and Ben. We're out. Catch us again next week. Um. Yeah, we were talking about uh about stuff the season and your five year old kicking field goals in your basement and uh, list yeah looking back on the twenty twenty one college football season I don't know it's over I don't yeah. have a ton a hey. ton more a ton more no. thoughts on this no but you know what I'm excited for next year already I really am Me too um it's I always I always like the uh, the end of a season because for most fans. The season ended a while ago in most sports. So when you get to the actual finality of it all, you're kind of like, good. I've been done with this. I can write it off, move on, look forward to next year, and just close the door on what was a season that was already behind me. So I'm happy it's over, and I'm already looking forward to next year. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, and I think, you know, looking at it from a, uh, orange and black tinted glasses. It was a good season for Oregon State. They made it to a bowl game for the first time in eight years. I think uh, people are uh, really believing um, in what Jonathan Smith is doing down in Corvallis. And uh, I think there's a lot of excitement built for the future. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm really looking forward to next season. I mean, your prediction was a little off, but... Close. It was yeah. close. Yeah, it was close. It was optimistic. And that's the way that I'll continue to be under Jonathan Smith. I may, I may have gotten it wrong this year, but Jonathan Smith, I think, will win a national so, championship at Oregon State. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely heard that just first in general ever from I, this podcast and, and yeah. any person in the history of the world. The painting directly behind me in every Zoom of this podcast you can always see it because my head's in the way, but I'm moving it now. It says, shoot your shot. Because shoot or shoot. And this is this Benny shooting his shot right now with Oregon State winning a national championship under Jonathan Smith. Which I think the whole world would just have to be happy about. I think there's one fan base that would be annoyed by it. But even they would probably be like, eh, it's not We root fun. for the bees when they're not it, playing yeah. the ducks. You say that, that, that would put that... That would put that dumbass shit to the test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't that day. Championship. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Especially if we weren't playing. There's but, no like, way. say, like, next year it was, like, us first, like, I don't know. Like, we're not going to go to the national championship. But let's just – we're off our rockers on this podcast already. We have been since episode one. That's why <laughs> That's that's why you're listening. Uh, like, say it was, like, us versus, like, Florida or, like, some team that you could ostensibly see make it but, like, hasn't been up, you know – then I'd be like, I don't know if Oregon's going to cheer for us at all. It's like we play Bama, we play Notre Dame, we play Ohio State, then probably the whole country 
including Oregon is cheering for us, but I doubt Oregon would. That shit's easy to say when you're dominating. I feel like if Oregon say, if the table a, no, got flipped, I bet a lot of them would, would say I would bet a lot of them would say they are and then we'd win the natty and that black and orange confetti would come down and their blood would be boiling while they're on the day 9 of their Twitter space going, "I don't even care. I don't even care. No, I don't I don't even care what little brother does. I don't even <laughs> care." What what little brother does? JP, please play five seconds of Cheatin' by Lil Brother, one of the most underrated albums and hip hop duos of our time. Yes, you were. Caught you creeping. Yes, I did. To the window, to the walls. Uh, okay. <laughs> Before we move on to like football and basketball and everything else and, you know, COVID postponements. Let's drink some beers. I, I would say, Benny, what beer are you drinking? But God knows you're not drinking the beer. So, Terry, you, you start bring- this time fucking beers back you can have one drink all right oh you have one yeah oh. <laughs> that looked like a root beer well it's a vanilla porter i'm just saying i have a beer in this room <laughs> it's but just, is that open nah you have a warm vanilla porter just sitting on your desk don't drink yeah. that no drink it right I'm, now live i'm not, I'm not drink going, it live no yeah yuck Open it with your teeth and drink it live. Well, I oh. did. I did oh, get um, my very special uh, belligerent beef state of Oregon bottle opener mounted on my wall. I located a drill and I used it. Um, I thought you said a belligerent beef's mountain. And I was like, we have a mountain. Yeah, we do. Not mounted. They're, cha- they're changing the name of uh, Mount Bachelor to, uh, to Mount Belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new, that's you know how when we were talking off air we were like all right long-term goals all right mountain is is the <laughs> yeah. new furthest away <laughs> highest aiming shit um i'm drinking something i've had on here before it's just a uh, grapefruit lonely blonde from fulton brewing company the listeners hate this uh, segment I, th- th- no they don't <laughs> they fucking love this segment i got a uh beer of the month club from my brother-in-law and my sister for christmas and i just drank through all of the beers it's a 12 pack and six of them happened to be from green bay wisconsin so i wasn't going to shout out that brewery now was i and the box got left outside and a couple of the beers were frozen and then melted and beer you'd think it would just be back to the same after that it's not so it wasn't the best you left them outside I didn't leave them outside. They got dropped off somewhere oh, okay, outside, okay. and they were frozen when they got to me. I wasn't like, I'm just putting this cardboard box full of beer outside for a while in Minnesota. <laughs> a few of them were frozen when they got here. This wasn't my fault. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just uh, going back to an old faithful. JP, you talk about whatever double IPA you're going to put on untapped now, you original beer meister. Wait, is beer really not good if it freezes and then unfreezes? Melts? No, I'm, that's not true because my beer, my beer is stacks on stacks. Terry, this is so for you. It has books. It has books all, on it. All <laughs> up and down the side of the can. And guess where it's from? Is it the Minnesota? Black Stack Brewing. Oh, in shit. St. Paul, Minnesota. Nice. Yeah. So, Benny, to answer your question, this beer definitely froze because it was in Minnesota and it's probably negative 300 degrees there right That's... now. And yeah. on its way here, it froze and melted and maybe froze again while the Donner Party That's missed not... out on drinking my beer and That's surviving their how... own travel. And it got to my house in Portland, Oregon, 
slightly melted again, and it still tastes I, wonderful. I, a double IPA, and hate, it's great. I hate your perception of the Midwest. <laughs> 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 All right. Yes, it does taste great. I have not had that beer, but I've had many Black Stack beers before. And You haven't had their book beer? What's it called? No. Stacks on Stacks? Stacks, stacks on stacks. stacks, hazy double yeah. IPA. Their, their tap room is right, uh, is very close to my office, but I've been working mostly from home lately. Um, so I haven't been to the tap room in a while. Mm. And Benny, how's your but, vanilla porter? Um, it was good. I've had it before. It's very good. <laughs> it's when delicious. I drank it three months ago, it tasted like a beer. A beer it's the that Breckenridge. I drank. It's the Breck. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out to that the Breck, bro. throwback episode. Yeah. The Breck in memory. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty um, appropriate for, well, maybe more last week because yeah. of all the snow we got. <laughs> anyway, we talked about college football. The national championship just happened. Congratulations, Georgia. We don't need to look back on the 2021 college football season any further, except, except I will say, um, because this is a football thing, the implosion of the west side of Research Stadium. I think I put this after. Yeah, yeah. you put this after. Let's go. Oh, let's, let's go. Let's go into it now. Uh, the West Side Explosion, a.k.a. Wrecking Reeser, took place three days ago. We blew up the West Side. It looked cool as shit. And I have to give kudos, shout out, respect to uh, the victors of the bowl game we participated in, the Utah State Aggies football program, who retweeted the awesome video of the West Side exploding with the caption, it was just a bowl game, guys. <laughs> and no tweet from an official team account in any sport at any level has made me laugh harder so yeah. well that's done. off to you utah state aggies well, well that, was, that good. was hilarious but the but, video looked awesome yeah as i say shout out to it the was. production crew that set up the cameras to capture that moment i mean I, I i watched it live i don't know if you guys did terry you were probably awake i was awake maybe awake and being two I, hours ahead i was i was i was working but i was awake so I watched it. I watched it live. I woke up, watched it live. Pulled the five year old in. It was like, check this out. This is gonna be cool. He, I thought he was gonna love it. He didn't give a shit. He was like, really? He's like, so did did a bomb go off? And I was like, uh, kind of. I, I was like trying to make it cool, but clearly, I was losing losing interest. But um, I thought it was awesome, and I really was worried when it started to tip backwards because my impression of what was going to happen was it was going to implode because they called it an implosion and right. an implosion that like construes up images of it falling on itself yeah right not not just falling over but with that like candle ever design it does make a lot of sense that they just took out the base and the weight was all towards the back and it just went that direction I hope that they were prepping for that and made sure that the parking lot was clear. <laughs> it looked like it was clear. But when you first watched the video, it did not look like that was what was supposed to happen. Well, I think with any other like stadium or building implosion, it does. It just like crumples in on itself. Yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah. So it, it was weird optically to see that. I was like, oh, no, this is going bad. And then yeah. everyone's like cheering afterwards. So I'm like, well. If no one died, it's a success. I'll take it. Well, and it's also going to be a success that we're going to get a super, super dope, finally finished stadium. Yeah, and they, they yeah. that video they released is so sick. Oh, it's so sick. With the Beaver Street and then, like, the club 
levels and the loge boxes, it's going to be really tight. I think like with, uh, I, I feel like we're all sort of stadium nerds here, but like with, you always think of like, what's the biggest and the best uh, and not just like uh, Oregon state doesn't need to have a, you know, 60 or 70,000 seat stadium yet. Uh, but they're doing, <laughs> they're doing the most with what they have. And yeah. I think they're making, you know, 40,000 seats. Number one, maximize cool, the but, potential of it. But, but number two, have give the maximum uh, potential for a viewing experience. Exactly. They and I also saw rumblings that like, there's going to be a new um, bigger scoreboard in the South end zone, even though we just, when that scoreboard was installed, like what? 15 years ago or so. I mean, that's a while mm-hmm. for technology like a scoreboard. But at that time, it was the biggest scoreboard in the Pac-10, and it might have been the biggest scoreboard on, like, the West Coast. Yeah. It was large, but it also got bu- bypassed pretty quickly because, like, the static advertisements on the outside are not easy to replace. They cost a lot of money to produce, and most – teams with large scoreboards went with digital advertisements advertisements advertisement blocks that uh the supposedly this new scoreboard will allow for but then will also allow for a full end-to-end vision of a replay or some highlight uh which should be pretty cool and it's supposed to be just like it's supposed to be a little bit bigger in in footprint but a lot bigger in screen space um, nice. and that's coming along with this like no one's really talked about it as part of this uh this last phase of the renovation. There's going to be so many little, and that's not necessarily a little thing, but there's going to be so many um, like little cool Easter eggs or like um, quirks things about that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Things that maybe they didn't publicize or, or things that they did that just got overlooked that when you go to the stadium, it's just going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. Cause it's going to look like a legitimate PAC 12 college stadium now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always felt like, I mean, it's tough to recruit to Corvallis in general, I think, but um, I think a huge part of that is you go into the stadium and you're like, well, this one side looks really great. This other yeah. side looks like we're playing in high school. So that goes away. And I'll catch you. I think about this, like not just going into the stadium, but going into it from the outside. Right. Yeah. When they redid the East side that the Parker Plaza it was quaint and cute before, right? With the fence and the trees and the rolling hill up to the top of the uh, the bleachers. But it wasn't like, it didn't look professionally done or like no. high end. And when they redid that side and they made that plaza look just like well-planned and nice, fresh concrete and new trees and everything else, it looks amazing, right? Yeah. Like, and it still looks amazing. It's like one of the most picturesque places on campus is the view with the with the football statue outside of Research Stadium on that on the east side. Those are things that they will do to the west side that you can't really see in these renderings. Yep. They will have that same kind of walk-up experience that uh, you don't really have right now or didn't really have before on that side. It felt very grimy walking in that entrance think about how many times we've been to beaver games and how many of those times you walked up to the west side of the stadium to go into the stadium like i can't think of one no but if you were in the if you were tailgating though you would you would see that you'd walk in that direction sometimes you'd walk around in the south end zone or like just go to different entrance but like yeah now this is going to be an entrance and it's going to, yeah. it's going to complete the whole aesthetic from the outside too. And I, I think that's a very underlooked part of all of this. For it's sure. Just, what does it look like from the outside? How do you judge the book by its cover, Terry? 
you're supposed to do that, right? Yeah, you are. Yeah. And you so, had to go you had to go uh, approach from the west side to get up to the press box and it was gross. Yeah, mm, like, that's right. Yeah. Even when it was the first time I was ever going to a press box in my life and I was 19 years old, I was like, uh, I thought this would be cooler. It just always <laughs> felt like the underbelly of every sort of like 1970s cookie cutter stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And have you guys seen the official belligerent Beavs recording studio they're putting right in the middle of Beaver Street? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for the next renovation, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the renderings of it in my head are pretty fucking dope. I'll move back <laughs> to Corvallis to make that a full-time thing. Wait, uh, real quick, though, real quick. We had some questions before about the camera angles and how are they going to operate a season without what is traditionally the, the broadcast view of, of the field in the stadium. And I, I have a source, and I'm not naming my source, at least not on record. And I asked them about this. They said that uh, they're putting a temporary box on that side for the media and the coaches and the cameras. And that uh, there will be no temporary bleachers put in while construction is occurring. Like they did for phase one of Raising Reeser where the temp bleachers were put in. But again, the temp bleachers were for students. So they needed somewhere to put students and not interrupt actual season ticket holders. Um, This time around, there will not be temporary bleachers. So there will be some sort of setup that continues to keep the broadcast operating from the west side. Got it. That makes sense. We don't have to worry about a camera angle of a dirt mound and a view <laughs> of the coastal range. <laughs> it looks like a, an NAIA stadium. Just no one's there. And <laughs> no fans, yeah. Thank God. It'll be uh, interesting to see how that pans out. But I was uh, I was assuming that would be how they were going to do it. Yeah, but it's confirmed now. But like, nice, nice. Yeah. And that if you want to celebrate the dope video and the, the raising Reeser, com- completing Reeser, uh wrecking reeser wrecking reeser hanging out on beaver street reeser uh occasion head on over to belligerentbeavs.com and check out the wrecking reeser shirts our newest shirts uh they are dope image of that uh the press box uh tipping over uh in you know a what looks to be nefarious fashion <laughs> at, at first glance. Um, JP, you really outdid yourself with this, uh, with this t-shirt design. Um, so they were <laughs> up in seconds on, on the day uh, of the implosion, hashtag explosion, whatever. Um, they're sweet shirts. Uh, I'm for sure gonna, gonna cop one. Uh, head to the merch store right now and order your Wrecking Reeser uh, shirts shirts today. Um, and then don't actually wreck Reeser because uh, when it's because after completing research, it's going to be dope. Though we may have to do a V2 of these shirts just for fun that says wrecked like Reeser. So if you're ah! super hammered at Reeser Stadium, you can you can represent. Wrecked like the West Side. Because <laughs> or... at the end, the end of the day, the Reeser is going to be dope. Uh, we'll, we'll workshop that. We'll put that in the, uh, you know, in the good ideas Take. folder. <laughs> um, guys, some... 
Some Oregon State sports did happen today, uh, concurrent with the national championship, which it seemed like a great idea, but I know it was a, a postponed game, uh, so you just kind of get, get it done. Uh, heartbreak at Gill. Uh, Oregon State men's basketball lose to our hated rivals, the Oregon Ducks, by a score of 78 to 76. Just a, We can't shake these, you know, close-ass losses um i know we had a couple you know big wins there in a row but uh yeah it's like honest not that it's better to lose a game like this by 25 but you almost feel like you'd have some clarity there um it, you know looked like uh you know alatiche had a good game uh you know um some of the other guys uh played played well i was watching the national championship so i was only reading about it as it was happening but deshaun davis had another uh big night Lucas fucking went 0 of 8 from 3. I get when you lose by two points and Lou Cash goes 0 of 8 from 3, it's just like tough game to go cold for. Yeah. Um, but it looks like uh, yeah, the you know newer guys like Xavier Malone Key and Glenn Taylor Jr. both had nice nights off the bench. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Glenn Taylor Jr. a lot, even though we haven't gotten to see this team play much of late just because of all of the postponements that have. Uh, uh, had to happen, um, but yeah, uh, JP, were you able to watch this game at all, and uh, or follow it? And yep. uh, just what did you uh, what did you think of uh, what uh, took place in Corvallis tonight? Yeah, I mean, all around, this is probably our best game we played, um, despite the L. The O of eight for Lucas hurts a lot because obviously, if he made one of those eight, it, we'd be talking about a different outcome potentially. He he just didn't look like he had it tonight, but. Uh, Silva came in looking great. Alatiche looked like the guy earlier in the season that we were seeing. Um, just stuffing the box score and shooting really well and taking, like, well, well, uh, or good looks, I guess. I still feel like Deshaun Davis is going to be the guy who is going to lead this team to victory just with his consistency and his playmaking and how, how quiet he is about um, his – his night-to-night uh, -night performances that are clearly getting better and better as the season are, is going on. Glenn Taylor Jr., as I said before, is a monster. The kid is so high energy. He really sparked a ton of turnarounds for the team tonight in, in moments that they really needed some energy, and he brought it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Blazer fans that don't like this comparison, but the dude is like Draymond Green because <laughs> he he's not really an offensive player. He's great close to the rim. He is uh, more of like a, a lead-by-example energy guy than he is anything else, but he's always in the right place at the right time. He's a smart player, and... I can just see him uh, being one of those leaders, or a young leader on a team who's going to just like never care about his box score, but instead only uh, worry about wins. A Blazer fan shouldn't be mad. Y'all beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, one fourteen to one oh eight. So hey, and speaking on oh, speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, I was I was actually maybe gonna go to this that game tonight. Shout out to my wife's uncle Durant and Kyrie played. Harden didn't play, but Kyrie yeah. did. But you know why Harden didn't play? Because he was too busy playing down in Corvallis uh, for the Oregon Ducks because every goddamn time those dudes shot a three-pointer, 
They had flailing legs. They were falling all over the place. The officiating was bullshit because they got so many of those calls and they got bailed out so many times. It looked like goddamn James Harden just playing his mediocre brand of basketball. I Dude, hated I, watching unlike, some of these guys Unlike play. James Harden, though, the Ducks did shoot 8 of 18 from the free throw line tonight, so they kind of bailed us out right back from the stripe. Um, I know it's, you know... It's 2020, but Lucas goes 0 of 8 from uh, the three-point line. The Ducks shoot less than 50% from uh, the from the charity stripe. So it's a, a lot of a lot of clanging in a legendary Gill Coliseum, which probably wouldn't have happened if James Harden was actually on the floor. Dude doesn't really miss from the free throw line. Benny, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Oh, it was just that I hate James Harden. There you go. Yeah, and uh, we yeah, it's James Harden and and I. We go way back at the legendary Gill Coliseum. You do. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really bother me. Oh, he bothers oh, me, man. He bothers me so much. Oh, he like he's I mean, the most boring always... basketball player on the planet. I don't like him. I don't dislike him though. He's just kind of a guy who's there. No, Dude, he is know. like the antithesis of what I was like as a basketball player. He's really good at shooting, uh, and he plays <laughs> absolutely Wait. no defense. Wait. Are you trying to say you're a better defender than James Harden? I, I'm trying to say that I cared more about defense than James know. Harden. James Harden just like he is. It's comical how how much he doesn't care about defense. He's like, oh, we'll just get him on the other end. Someone who does care a lot about defense is uh, Gary Payton II, and we should go for that. I know uh, he's not the main warrior grabbing headlines these days because Clay Thompson just came back, but we should go to our resident warrior fan for Gary Payton, for our GP2 check, which we will probably uh, integrate <laughs> to every single podcast episode now that football season's totally over. And uh, we're just, <laughs> and the women's team, like, just goes 50 days between games now it's like all right which former beavers are in the nba gary payton the second uh and i know steve kerr has said some very complimentary things about um one of our uh, favorite sons uh the only guy to dunk a ball so hard it went through the basket twice and jp how is gp2 playing lately still still the same gary it'll be interesting to see what happens with his minutes Right before Clay came back, uh, right after Jordan Poole. He's a baller. He's a baller. Yeah, he's a baller. Um, he was starting in Clay's place. Then he got COVID. Uh, he, and then they brought him back. And they kind of said we're easing him back in. But it was pretty clear that they were also getting him ready to transition to be the sixth man. So during that time, though, Gary started in his place uh, at the two spot. And also in Clay's place. Um, I was a little worried that his minutes would drop and that maybe they were going to start to consider n not needing him on the roster, um, especially because his guaranteed contract was coming up like this week or something. But they picked up the guarantee the rest of the year. So he's, nice. a, he's a warrior for the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they want him to be one for longer. And this might be to the dismay of much of our Pacific Northwest listeners but i could see him sticking around on like another two or three year deal after this season very similar to what uh, juan toscano anderson got from the warriors last year uh, after getting a little like showcase and then picking up uh, the rest of the season because 
he fills the perfect void. And like we've talked about before, he is the exact fit necessary for the Warriors. He's still doing the same things. He's got some flashy dunks. He's got some great steals and quick hands. He can match up one to five. As we saw in college, he can match up on anybody. And the Warriors are all about being able to mix and match on offense and defense. And he's a player, again, like Draymond Green, who can play against anybody on the court. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he got a nice deal, not just like a like a minimum deal for two years. All right. He should stay, though. It's the perfect fit for him. Yeah, agreed. I, yeah, it would be bad for him to make people in the Pacific Northwest happy and come up here. And it would. And, hey, Benny, you guys had him. You had him on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Could, well, could, could have could have been a blazer. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Good. yeah. Nice, nice work, old shit. He, he, um, he's, yeah, he's, he's not saving us. No, I know he's not saving you, but it'd be nice to have right now. Um, yeah, yeah. True. If another team, like, it just takes one team to be like, just throw, like, hey, come here for holy shit money, and then they throw him into a different role, and uh, his career could go down a different path. But I feel like the Warriors are the perfect fit for him, and will uh, hopefully be able to maneuver enough cap to. Uh, Make it worth his while. Um, that's what makes it hard when you have that many, that much depth playing that well. It's hard to keep everybody. But I hope he stays there because Kerr. It really looks like Kerr knows how to use him, and that uh, Steph loves playing with him. So, yep. I just, just want to see him have you know the best career possible. And even all those when he was in Milwaukee and Washington and L.A., he would get you know a game here, a game there, where he'd like get enough minutes. To he had a nice something. run in Washington. He did have a nice. He did. Run. He did have a nice. Yeah, run. probably his best true. season numbers wise. Right, but if you want to know, if you want to hear some good details, like tying this all in, actually, and, and Terry, I'll recommend this to you again. The Draymond Green Show is a podcast that, on his most recent episode, he interviewed Gary Payton. Okay, senior. I'll listen to that then. And it, for Beaver fans, he talks about Oregon State and getting drafted by the Sonics and all this stuff. It's really a great interview. He also talks about GP two because, of course, he's teammates with Draymond. So uh, he talks about. Coming, having a, uh, him being a son of Gary Payton II, being a son of an NBA player, and having things at his disposal that Draymond and Gary Senior did not, and the expectations put on Gary the Second, um, and him choosing Oregon State and having very similar expectations in that and put on because he's following his dad's footsteps. It's it's a really really great interview. I highly recommend it to Beaver fans, even if you don't like Draymond Green or the Warriors. I don't mind the Warriors. Uh, I don't really even mind Draymond Green. But I really <laughs> like Gary Payton. Yeah, both Garys. I, yeah. I feel like, and forgive me if if I, I'm wrong here, uh, Blazer Nation, you'll always have a, a soft spot in my heart. But I feel like just if you're a Blazer fan right now, like this has to be the most apathetic you've ever felt, right? Yeah. Like, it's I not, speak for everyone. Yeah. And also, I mean, most Blazer I, fans do want draymond on the team because they know that that's what uh lillard wants lillard wants draymond that's like an open open fact that's at this point it's a little it's a little late for that right (laughs) i don't know i don't know how much of draymond's a great player and has had a great career i don't know how much he's moving the needle if he just comes and plays with dame immediately um they're they're edging the sacramento out of the 10th spot in the play-in for sure but i don't know if that's the franchise saving move to keep dame in portland long term but i as a blazer fan i don't even want to keep dame in portland i want to trade him for the biggest value you can get so 
not so that you can get something in return, but so that he can win a championship. He's not winning a championship in Portland. And I'm a Blazer fan. Like, I I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. God, there's going to be so much NBA talk on this podcast the next yeah. four months. I can already tell. Um, not that that's bad, but uh, for sure. Yeah, so check Speaking out Speaking of that. teams that can win a championship, let's uh, talk about the women's basketball team. Let's talk yeah. about the women's basketball team who are hosting – the uh, number seven ranked uh, Arizona Wildcats on Thursday uh, in a, a precarious position. The Wildcats are coming off their first loss of the season, 11-1. and one. They come to Gill on Thursday night. It's the first game in 25 days. The first home game for Scott Ruick and his team in 43 days. Jeez. And they're playing <laughs> possibly the best team in the conference, one of the best teams in the country. I don't even know how you like prepare for a game like like when you've just been off for this long and it's like all right hope you're ready to play you have one of the best teams you're gonna play all year is coming through the doors um uh, yeah i, I mean no i think idea. they'll be ready i think they'll be ready i just i don't understand in the background how much practice they can get in during these like postponements right. because they're not always very clear about why the postponement it, they say like sometimes they'll just say that because of COVID issues in the x program right but is it widespread is it like just enough where they're like uh some people need to isolate some people definitely are positive but the people who've isolated right. can come back in a few days and practice the the people who we you know tested that are negative don't have to isolate so they can practice i don't know i have no idea how that works and but my hope is that that they if if Ruick had the time with his team, you know they're going to be prepared and ready. If he didn't, because they couldn't do anything but like sit in their homes, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to well, be really and, tough. And how how similar is practice to like real game experience? That that's I think what my biggest concern is totally. is like yeah, you can practice all you want, but you can't simulate a live crowd. You can't simulate the pressure that you're under in a in a live game. And in and in the case of our next game, you can't simulate the um the the talent that Arizona has. You know that's tough, right? Especially if you're scrimmaging shorthanded with people missing for COVID. Right. Right. And but they're also like Arizona. They they had a postponements as well over the new year. But they're they've they've gotten back into kind of game playing shape. They've had two games since. So yeah, it's not like they're just coming fresh off of this twenty five day break. As I would well. I would expect a rough start for Oregon State in this game, and then hopefully getting their legs under them and getting enough momentum to make it a game in the second half. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not because even like, and and nothing against uh, OSU SID, they're doing the best job they can. But like, the game notes on OSUBeavers.com, which are normally like filled with uh, you know trends and stats from the most recent games and everything, like they haven't had anything to to update in twenty five days. So it's like. Taylor Jones was a preseason Pac-12 honoree, <laughs> and it's just like, it's not like and, and just things like that of like all these like facts that aren't outdated, but just have like things we've known forever. And I get they can't make public, um, you know, who's been like practicing which days and and whatnot, whatever. But it's like you can't even really find like this information of like who's gonna play or whatever. And like you have uh, players who played pretty well and tournaments that were three and a half weeks ago and you just hope yeah. uh 
that they've been able to stay focused and they're a team with championship pedigree. So you have that expectation for them. Um, and I hope that they come out fresh and energized and ready, but you know, it's, you, you can't even in a regular season in a non COVID season, you can't replicate game pace in practice, like in any sport, you just can't do it. 25 days between games is a long time. It's, you know, it's like yeah. in baseball where if you have like a pitcher, who you think like, oh, he might be able to pitch a complete game. And he's like in the seventh inning or something like that. Um, I'm looking at you, JP. But it's where, and then then the, the offense. A complete go- game in the seventh inning? Are you talking no, about like, uh, like Madison you- Bumgarner throwing the no-hitter in a shortened game? Sure. But I'm thinking like in the seventh inning and he's roll- a pitcher's oh. rolling and thinking he could go all nine. And then the, the offense comes up and they're giving the pitcher, you know, an extended break. This is the American League where the pitcher doesn't need to hit whatever. We, we will Not give real baseball. Um, but anyway, something like that. And then it's like the, you get you string a few hits together and you're like, okay, good. Get the pitcher some rest. But then that inning goes on and on and on. They score like, or like put more guys on base and they're the pitchers on the bench longer and longer. You're like, well, at Stop. some point I had to get him back on the mound yeah. and let him go cold. <laughs> uh, so it's like, that's like, I don't know, like a, you know, hour long half inning when, when a guy's just dealing, uh, you, you want to get him back on the mound so he can throw. Um, so I would expect there to be some rust in this first quarter, uh, even with the amount of talent on the team and how good the coaching staff is, it's probably going to just be, uh, some getting, getting, uh, back in the swing of things, but, uh, and Arizona is a great team and this Oregon State women's basketball team has their work cut out with, you know, how much talent is in the Pac-12 this this season. Um, but this is a, a type of game you need, especially when you've uh, been off for, for a long time. I don't think it's a must-win. Hesitate to call anything a must-win this early in the year, even in a non-COVID year. But um, you, you probably do need to come out and show a, give a good showing to feel good about your prospects for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried that this game – just because of not playing for 25 straight days, um, I, I would be happy if it's not a blowout. Uh, it's just that has to be so difficult for these girls to to come into a situation where that I mean they haven't played for a month. Um, so I think any if they can keep this game close, that that bodes well for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Arizona's they're good. They're so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they're coming off a loss too, so they're pissed. Right. So that's why if you can keep it close, that's a good I think that's a really good sign. Yeah. But also there's one team that already shook the rust off tonight, and that is the Beaver fam. So I hope that the uh fans do continue to fill Gill, show up for the women's team, get loud. This is a big, big game. Tonight there was fifty four hundred in attendance at the men's during the college football national championship which is yeah, yeah. of course but <laughs> and during omicron spikes uh sarah sarah o'connell to, uh, tweeted out that almost two thousand students were in attendance of the game tonight good job so, students yeah, yeah beaver dam continue to show up make it loud get get these teams rolling and uh i think that if we can get a good fan base at gill for this game that will that will be super beneficial to increasing our, our chances of you know pulling something out because I I think that yes there's rust with the players they've missed out on all this game experience and potentially practice but there's something to be said about probably what they are craving about yeah. playing in front of Beaver Nation so yep 
I I really think that if we can get loud and show up at Gill, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. Agreed. Sure. Um, can I segue into another football talker? Yeah, because we're all over the place today. We're Terry. all over the place. <laughs> I think we I think we can be all over the place. It's uh it's January tenth. I think we're allowed to be all over the place. And we didn't, we've never really over. had real segments. So you know what, listener. This is what part of the I, fun. I consider our podcast to just be one long segment of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one long conversation. Just one fun convo. That's that's the whole reason we're here, just to have fun. Um, and I just want to say, uh, I'm going to describe someone, and I want you, I'm going to say, we'll play something of a game here. I'm just going to say some details about a person, some physical details, and you're going to guess who I'm talking about. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Yep. Can you give us a hint of like no what You'll sport think, no. current I said former football, I said football talker okay so it's a former Oregon State rower Benny okay um, <laughs> <laughs> go um, six foot one not two me. one zero oh, not me pack ten here we go oh hit oh. blank blank high or low because blank blank about to about go to go. Mike Hass! Don't act like you don't know the name! Yeah! <laughs> Run a game in the College Football Hall of Fame! Oh! 2005 Bolitnikoff winner, Mike Hass, number 28 in your programs, number one in your hearts, is in the College Football Hall of Fame. JP, please play five seconds of the Mike Hass song by... Unknown. My cast. I think there was a local radio station that did the Mike Hass. It was. It was. Yeah, it was 1070 the fan. But but honestly, forget them. That was my uh, alarm clock ringtone my entire freshman year. Which is why you woke up hypey <laughs> as fuck yeah. every day freshman year to every not go day. to class. <laughs> yeah, to go to Ho Hill. Shout out Ho Hill. Oh, my oh God. I forgot about Ho Hill. The belligerent beeves do not uh, endorse the naming of uh, the hill. Why? I was the Ho. <laughs> I was the Ho on the hill. <laughs> Weatherford Hall, the most picturesque uh, dorm hall, dorm dormitory on the West Coast by far. Um yeah, one of the greatest wide receivers in Oregon State history, Kerry Eggers said uh, he's up there. Uh, it's for him. Uh, Mike Hass and Brandon Cooks are the two best wide receivers in Oregon State football history. They are the only two to uh, win the Bolitnikoff Award that is awarded to the nation's best wide receiver. Um, Mike Hass uh, left. Uh, my freshman year was the year after uh, he left. Um, but I feel like, you know, he. I, I knew who he was even, you know, in – in Minneapolis, and when I decided that I was going to go uh, to Oregon State, I was uh, one of those nerds who uh, did not talk to girls and watched every single pick of the entire NFL draft. So I remember when he was a six-round pick to the New Orleans Saints, and yeah. I was like, I'm going to school there. Um, <laughs> shout out, Mike. Shout out, Mike. I, I know Mike. Uh, my sister was good friends with him through college as well. And... Uh, and, and even in a weird way, if you consider like sororities and fraternities, family, um, my I'm kind of related to Mike through marriage as well because my wife's grand big uh, is, is his sister Jane. So 
Okay. Well, I also know Jane. Shout out Jane. But when I was a freshman, it was like he was like just insane. It was insane. Also, at the time, there was NCAA football on you know PlayStation Xbox. That's right. And he was a madman on there as well. It was so fun to play with Oregon State because you knew you could throw whatever you wanted to Mike Hass and the dude would catch it just like he did in real life. And one thing I want to say about seeing both Brandon Cooks, who I love because Brandon Cooks also went to the same high school that my parents went to in Stockton, California, is that uh, Mike Hass, to me, was a more exciting wide receiver than Brandon Cooks. And the reason is, is Brandon Cooks just beat people consistently he would get yards every all, time always open always and it was just like boom 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 he just mar- if, if you threw to brandon coach all the time he would just march down field mike Hass broke for yards he he somehow shook his defender it was open and, and could be gone and all of his gains were either short and reliable or big and exciting and to me that's the receiver that you are like, that is so fun to watch. Because you just never know what they're capable of. Like, we knew what Brandon Cooks could do because it was just consistent and reliable. But Mike Hass would excite people all the time. It was very similar to Strotter sitting back waiting for punts. Yeah. It was, the highlights in, like, the Mike Hass song video on YouTube, it's like there's so many times he's getting the ball in, like, double coverage and he gets – sandwich at the same gone. time yeah. and like the ball bounces off of like a defensive back and he's like stumbling over and like one hands it and then regains his balance yeah. and stumbles back the other way into the end zone and it's <laughs> like how the fuck did he do that yeah Dude, oh. he went he went to uh the rival of my high school and he was Ooh. he was a senior when i was a freshman and we met them in the quarterfinals of the state tournament and, Jesuit versus Central Catholic. Yeah, and it was uh, so foggy. And so we were like, oh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. And Mike Hass went off and scored. I think it was <laughs> I think it was four or five touchdowns. I mean, it was crazy. It was like Madden numbers. Was it yeah. still a low-scoring game for Central Catholic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we it's were half right. It was Jesuit seven, Central Catholic six, Mike Hass 34. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was, it took me a second to start liking him, but, um, he made it pretty, <laughs> made it pretty easy. After High school rivalries run deep. Also, it's yeah, just it's dope to be number 28 as a receiver. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. absolutely so sick. That's like how like Michael Irving was number 47 as a receiver for those 1980s Canes teams. That's my favorite was part. He? Yeah, he was number 47. That's number so 47. awesome. Yeah. Like a linebacker. That's so sweet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like a linebacker or free safety or uh, like a punter. They are the only people who have those numbers. Uh, so, yeah, to see a wide receiver at number 28, like that is that is sick. Uh, yeah. Let's get Mike on the pod. We yeah. Should, I think do it. Come on the pod, Mike. Yeah. Celebrate with us. So, shout out to Mike Hass. Uh, cheers to the uh, to number 28. Uh, gonna bust them because they forgot me. Did not recruit me. Special paybacks for the Ducks and the Huskies to Mike Hass. Don't act to like Mike you don't know Hey, Love without you, putting Hass. too much bias into it, because Mike Hass just got some amazing news uh, being put into the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, which song is better, uh, the Mike Hass song or what the fuck is the one that the baseball team made? Oh, what song? Oh, say Ballas. Say Ballas. Which one's better? <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna bring up a different song, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna mention that. 
that's a tough one. I, I don't want to. It's hard. Well, because uh, Mike Mike Hass song is just who about is about Mike, Mike Hass, but it's, it's also about, a... it's about Mike Hass, but also the beat was there, the chorus is there from Mike Jones. Yeah. So it wasn't as ambitious, and O State Ballas wasn't an original. Yeah, and Mitch the Slick, he produced it and wrote it. Mitch the Slick. Yeah. I love it. It doesn't sound like it's going to be good because his name doesn't rhyme, but it sounds like it should. <laughs> <laughs> Is he wearing a hard hat in the Osei Balls video? I've never seen it. Um, I don't know. Um, Osei Balls. It has to be. And this is why. It's it's not what the song has. It's what the song doesn't have. And it and they don't shout out, hey, Oregon, tell me how the ring looks. Because Oregon didn't have a baseball team at that time. That's true. That's why it's better. That is a good point. Good and point. Good point. Constant, constant reminder that Oregon is our little brother and likes to copy everything that we do. Has Oregon announced their uh, the bringing back of a soccer team yet? No, they just broke <laughs> ground on a new field. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and signed an exclusive deal with Nike. Yeah, they they offered Terry Boss an eight figure contract to become the the yeah. inaugural soccer coach at the University yeah. of Oregon. Yeah, it's actually going to be Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I would honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I support that, but I, I wouldn't be mad at that if, if they got Sir Alex Ferguson out of retirement. <laughs> Phil Knight's seen how ass would do something like that right now. That, that would, that so would old. be, that would be a net gain for college soccer in this country. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. Phil, Phil Knight reminds me of Logan from Succession. Yeah, just to- totally lost, but also <laughs> yeah. kind of still got it. Yeah, but you know what, Phil, you're on your way out, bro. Yeah, you can't buy. You can't try to buy a championship forever because you won't live forever. Yeah, you can't buy he's, time, well, he's bro. Gonna, he's gonna try. He's gonna keep trying. I don't care. Right. He don't got time left. All right. I well, mean, are we ready for some bonus belligerence? Bonus belligerence, uh, listeners. Uh, bonus belligerence is our brand new segment, uh, Patreon exclusive, where Benny is running the show. You can only get this by being uh, a member of our uh, Patreon page. So we're going to tease it this time around, which was decided before we started recording. Um, Before we get into this, though, we just do need to mention, before we get off of this pod, Benny, sorry if this is part of the bonus belligerence, but it was in the show notes, so I don't think it was. Uh, We celebrated my cast. We have to celebrate another Mike in Oregon State football lore. Mike Riley, named head coach of the New Jersey Generals of the United States Football League. USFL! Uh, we we soon will be they'll be shouting hip hip hooray uh through all of new jersey uh in in due time i'm not sure how many games they have scheduled in strawberry canyon but if they have any uh riley will lead the generals uh to victory um i think it's kind of a a precarious name for any team to be called the generals since the most famous generals in sports were the washington generals who were the team scheduled to be beaten by the Harlem Globetrotters in every game that they yeah. played? <laughs> when the fucking Washington football team first did their like their first round of like, what should the new name be out of the twenty names? Generals was one of them. Like, be like, you can't actually become the Washington Generals. But of course, yo, can you imagine Mike Riley leading troops into battle? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can, because I've, I've, 
I've watched enough uh, Shakespearean epics with Kenneth Branagh leading troops into battle, and I just imagine Mike Rowley doing some Shakespearean epic speech, and people looking around like, what? But then he gets so excited that you get excited, and then eventually everyone's like, yeah, and then they're all saying hip hip hooray, and marching through the field of Strawberry Canyon with some obscure trophy that, that symbolizes victory. So no Strawberry Canyon, though, because the USFL is like purely East Coast. There, It is not expanding, and actually... It'd be weird if they had a game in Strawberry Canyon. <laughs> no, but for somebody who is excited for any extra football we can get, I was a big wishful watcher of the XFL one and two. Oh. Two would also, have worked. Two would have worked. Yeah, was, also would the, have. Was, it, was it the UFL? What was the other one? They yeah, had? Uh, AFL. No, no, American Football Alliance uh, that ended up being really shitty because they like didn't pay players. Um, yeah, they folded after like week two. Heinz Ward was involved. No, guys, the UFL. There was an actual UFL in like 2011. Oh. No, but there was something that Heinz Ward was involved with, like that launched the the same year as. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about they just had like real, like real teams across the country, and I actually, I like, I like what the USL is doing though because they're 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 purely putting things in a concentrated area, teams in a concentrated area, where if there's interests locally. They can expand instead of trying to like put teams in Oakland and put teams right. in Portland and put teams in like, I don't know. And Denver, try to make like, it super extreme. Yeah. I uh, personally was partial to NFL Europe because you could play with Me NFL too. Europe teams in quarterback club 98. Yeah. QB club 98. You couldn't do that. You couldn't really, that doesn't go hand in hand with markets that have interest, but sign me to a contract to play American football in Amsterdam and be an admiral. Was that the what team that had the, like, uh, was it the Dragon that, that there's one Bar- team that had the cool. Bar- Barcelona Dragons. Where it's yeah. Like, okay. Maybe but that was you know it. what? Uh, Amsterdam Admirals, Frankfurt Galaxy, just living in a. <laughs> Amsterdam Admirals legend, legend, Al Smith, Big Al, my dude, <laughs> my dude, shout out to Big Al. Yeah. That guy, I love that kid. I got, man, he's, There's and, like, and he had, he had a good run in Amsterdam. There's a very specific age range and all three of us are in it. If you're between like 32 and 38 and loved football as like uh, elementary school, middle school youth, go on Wikipedia and just look at old NFL Europe ref, uh, rosters and you just see like names. You're like, oh, that guy. It's <laughs> from like random college teams or video games you played. It's astonishing how many names you recognize. It's fun as fuck. Isn't it funny how like there's that time in your life? And I would say probably from like early middle school, like fifth, sixth grade, till definitely like well into your college years, where you just like you turned on a college football game and it could be any team playing. You knew at least a couple players from that was playing in that game. Yeah. I feel like anymore when I turn on a college football, like if Illinois is playing Northwestern, I'm just like, I have I, no idea. I have no I idea. Have no I know. Idea. Well, it's, yeah. called, it's called growing up and running out of time on all this kind of shit. Yeah. I used to watch Sports <laughs> Center like six times a day. I, yeah. I think, like, that's what I think what the big thing is. I just would sit that's there true. from like 3 p.m. to like 1 a.m. watching Sports Center over and over again. That's right. Yeah. And if you weren't watching Sports Center, then you were watching the Southern Miss uh, Ball State game, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, t- Terry just mentioned Quarterback Club 98 and have, <laughs> being able to play with the NFL Europe uh, teams and. 
shout out to Scott. We put up uh, listener Scott. We put out a prompt uh, about uh, on Twitter, just talking about like you know uh, people who got consoles, video game consoles as as kids. And uh, he had, he brought up that the last football game that he got for Christmas was NFL QB Club '96 for the N64. Uh, I don't remember who was on the cover of, of QB Club 96. Terry, do you remember who was on the cover of QB Club 96? I feel like all QB Clubs are Favre. Were they all Favre? I think Because so. I know 98 was definitely least, Favre. 98 was Favre. 99 was Favre. I think, I think the whole franchise was Favre. That had to have been a tough buy for you, huh? It, it was, was such a good game, though. It was, I, got it was it, actually... I got it. I got it for Christmas, so I was like, well. On the N64, it was better than Madden. Yeah, I was. I, and shout I out John Madden. Rest in peace, John Madden. Oh, yeah, R.I.P. Cheers to John Madden. Dude, yeah. there was a there was a day. Yeah, cheers, cheers, John Madden. Austin, Minnesota native. Uh, yeah. there and was also uh, uh, Bay Area. Uh, Bay, Bay Area legend. He yeah. he left Minnesota pretty quick. It was. I had a funny uh, this exchange with Marvin Beaverman. This is real quick, but he Marvin on Twitter recently was talking about. Uh, spam in different Hawaiian dishes, Ooh, and the largest dis- the largest distributor of spam is the Hormel Company, uh, which is headquartered in Austin, Minnesota, which is about an hour south of Minneapolis. And Marvin was like, "Check out the Hormel headquarters in this charming southern Minnesota town." And then I responded, "Also the birthplace of John Madden." And Marvin was like, "Oh, I didn't know that. Cool." And I was like, "I know, cool." And then I just felt good the rest of the day because. Anytime I talk to Marvin on Twitter, I just I feel better about myself. I feel better about the world and everything in it. So. What day is he on? Seven thousand three hundred fifty-six. It's like he's on like Google. Twenty-two Flex. years. It's twenty-two years because yeah. it was like or it was yeah. twenty-one years. It was Jan one oh, yeah. twenty or two thousand one. Okay, they started. And also, there's a, there's a, there is a uh, there is a tie for. John Madden, Oregon State right now. There's a lot of them, but this one that's current at least. So John Madden started his football, post-high school football playing career at the College of San Mateo, where I grew up. I went to Sarah High School. We called it CSM for College of San Mateo. It was Sarah High School in San Mateo. We also joked that it was called the College of Sarah Men for CSM because so many Sarah graduates went to CSM. Anyways, um... John Madden with the CSM. John Madden ended up helping to develop essentially what we know as sports video games in general. Uh, because of him, EA Sports really took off. And because EA Sports took off, the development of games like FIFA, NBA Live, NCAA football, NCAA basketball, pretty much every sport video game exists because of the success that John Madden had with John Madden football with EA Sports. Um, but the Beavs have a CSM uh, transfer headed our way next year with Ryan Cooper, the defensive back. Oh. I thought okay. you were going for that uh, John Madden actually transferred to the University of Oregon for a minute. No. <laughs> and and then that. left. Because <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> no. who hasn't? Who, who hasn't transferred to Oregon and then transferred out of Oregon? <laughs> Real quick. Uh, uh, but that's that's crazy. That that's crazy because remember, and this would have been really early when we were growing up because I remember going to like the neighborhood video store and picking up uh, games that were. Um, there, uh, what I guess I'm trying to say is there wasn't one game tied to 
a specific league or sport where you see a lot of that today, like with Madden, with the NFL, I think the NBA still has NBA live and 2k. Yes. So that's a little different. 2, 2, 2k is I think live's done again. Oh, it's live yeah. done. It's, it's 2k, but and, you know, it's, but, but, but like, you had multiple NFL games. Yeah. There was ga- game day was one mm-hmm. blitz. blitz they had games. Club. They had games back in the day for NBA. Do you remember blazers versus bulls? Yeah, I do actually. You remember Blazers versus Bulls? That was on, it was on Super Nintendo, right? It was on Super Nintendo, but yeah, right. it was just like super, like it was like <laughs> one person that manufactured the game, right? It was yeah. just it was I, like terrible. I don't remember. I only played <laughs> Blazers versus Bulls. I think I remember Blazers versus Bulls because of a conversation like this, where someone uh, said, "Do you remember Blazers versus Bulls?" You were definitely dating yourself as the oldest member of this podcast. <laughs> Not that you're that much older than us, but. Uh, you know, at that time, you know, a year or two makes a big difference. So I think you actually played Blazers versus Bulls. And then I came up and was told that there was a ridiculous game called Blazers versus Bulls. I'm who, who told you that I'm wondering, I I was wondering if that was just a regional thing or not. I don't think it was regional. No, no. Anything that had anything to do with basketball in the 90s with the Chicago Bulls was not regional. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um, We have got to get to Benny's bonus. Yes, this is the sneak preview for the listeners. This is a public public, uh, display of Benny's bonus belligerence. And where can Uh, you get this normally, Terry? On our Patreon. It actually exists. It actually exists, I think. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, this will be uh, this will be the the one of many Patreon exclusives that we're rolling out. This is the teaser of Benny's bonus belligerence. We're gonna have uh, Patreon exclusive episodes available on our Patreon page. Uh, Benny's bonus belligerence is just one of uh, multiple uh, different types of Patreon exclusive episodes. But twice a month, um, at the very end of uh, an episode, I will be passing the keys along to Benny. Uh, our most eccentric, our most endearing, our most fun member of this podcast, as voted by. He's not even uh, smiling when you say that. He's not. But you he's, can't tell. Benny's like, <laughs> yeah, you're hiding behind your pop filter. Uh, I can smell. I can tell now. Your laugh lines are popping. Uh, <laughs> so I will be passing. I'm now passing the keys of uh, the belligerent Beeves Mobile along to uh, my good friend Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage. and this is a no holds barred. Anything goes. Benny can make us do whatever we want uh, from an audio standpoint because we are still in three different cities. So it's not going to get that dangerous or violent, but it's going to get a little dangerous and violent. So, Benny, with that being said, welcome to your first ever. You have your own show now, pal. (laughs) It's what I've always wanted. Mom, look (laughs) at me. Thanks, Terry. Uh, so the the way that we're going to do this is uh, I'm going to come up with a question and, and maybe some um, some sort of side questions to, to to go along with it. But there will be one main question. Doesn't have to be Oregon State related. Doesn't even really need to be sports related. Um, but I uh, just figured that it would give people a chance to get to know us outside of just Oregon State sports. So. Without further ado, the first question of the first bonus Benny belligerence. Is that it? It's, it's Benny's bonus belligerence. Yeah. Question, the first question of that is, if you could pick any city to rep, right? Like rep is your hometown, Ooh. outside of your hometown, and outside of the region 
that your hometown falls in. So like, for example, JP, you could not pick San Francisco or Oakland or any Bay area city. Terry, I would say probably not like Chicago, anywhere in the Midwest. So any no, city, betw- any city between like LA Louis. and New York, the, w- the like St. Louis. <laughs> okay, okay. Or, or international. All right. So the um, upper, I can't take the upper Midwest. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So JP, we'll go oh, ahead God. and, and start with you. Chicago. Okay. Ooh. Why yeah. Chicago? Um, because in my era, then I would have grown up rooting for MJ and those incredible teams, similarly to how, as I aged in, my years i started i was still rooting for the warriors and their uh incredible run also also there is uh you know so a lot of history with the bears which is very similar to what uh i have with my niners maybe not nearly as much success but history it does <laughs> it does count um the bears are whack <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but at least they're like they're not like a, an expansion team. They no, are. They've been they, around for a long, long time. That is exactly, correct. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but also, I would just love to be like a bleacher creature at at Wrigley with my shirt off and beer belly out, totally sunburnt, um, crushing, mm. crushing beers at Wrigley. Crushing old styles, uh, old styles sure. all all yeah. summer long. Oh, actually, all even April through september long maybe just september long uh because uh yeah uh there there was a good a good game that uh when when terry lived in chicago we went and visited him uh we were in san francisco at the time and then we went to a cubs giants game in april my it was so cold my future <laughs> brother so yeah. the pictures my future brother-in-law was living in chicago my sister was visiting him we all made a big trip out of it we went to a, the, the Cubs Giants game and it snowed pregame to the point where we, were, we had to share gloves just so we could be at Murphy's Bleachers outside because it was jammed inside. Such a great, yeah, great bar though. Yeah, shout out, out to Murphy's Bleachers in Wrigleyville out in the beyond center field, and we had to so we could hold our beers because they, our beers were like freezing to our skin. It was like, well, don't let them out. freeze and then melt. Right. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it messes up a beer like an old style. I think it's no, a yeah. beer where the quality deteriorates. Yeah. Well, but, I, uh, I feel like. But I, I could I could see myself rooting on for losers for years, which I have done. I have done yeah. that. I could see myself enjoying that. I could see myself enjoying some some expert uh, expert play uh, amongst at least one of my teams. And uh, it, it's a great sporting city. It really is. It's such it's a, a great city. You'd be, you would have gotten into hockey if you were a, a Chicago. No, though, we're not taking it that yeah, far. You still would have gotten into hockey. You wouldn't have been able to help it. I feel like the things that you love about the Bay too, like the the music scene in the Bay, you have a really good music scene that reps Chicago really hard, uh, which would be dope. And um, it's a great, I, I great hip hop city. I mean, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great everything music city, but especially hip hop. I'd be a massive Kanye West fan. Right. yeah 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 i feel like you'd be a massive chance the rapper fan too and cool kids you'd love the cool kids too the cool kids are great. Uh, but um also and i i wouldn't say that you're like a food connoisseur of bay area foods but you do love ike's a lot yeah and and chicago has shout a shout out of to ike's sandwiches 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those little niche uh, food places in Chicago that you'd fall in love with too. So I could see Chicago making sense. Yep. For you. Yeah. Um, cool. Terry, what about you? This I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this because um, there's, there's so many factors because it's like you're it's picking it's, it's, it's city to rep. So I'm thinking like have like the most fun repping. Exactly. And my, my heart is in a, a state of, uh, despair with how i think i'm going to answer this but you also need to take into effect like you know you you probably grew up you grew up there at least i that's how i'm taking this yeah. because i didn't i i'm not a huge minnesota timberwolves fan because i thought kevin love was really cool guys <laughs> all right <laughs> like this was my burden to bear from 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 birth all right um shout out kevin love though i kind of like how he's turning his career around and the Cavs are having a great year um and there's a the city i am going to answer because i'm taking into consideration growing up uh culture music food and everything even though the main team is very problematic for me but as a city to rep actually i'm changing my answer i was uh, about to say new orleans i was gonna say oh, you were going to new orleans you couldn't do it because of drew Brees. i couldn't do it because of drew Brees. i'm changing it i'm changing it i'm changing it to atlanta I'm changing it to Atlanta. I was about to say New Orleans, and right when I was like, I would have to rep Drew Brees, I'm changing to Atlanta. New Orleans, you're not my answer for this. I love you more than any other city on the planet, including Minneapolis, including Portland, but I'm changing it to Atlanta. Atlanta, Terry, how many times did you do the dirty bird in the mirror as a kid? Not many because oh, give me a break. So this is different. So this is a different. This is a different. I switched from one (laughs) NFC Championship heartbreak city to another. Uh, 1998, the 1998 Vikings were probably the best team that didn't win the Super Bowl, including the undefeated Patriots. No one was stopping Randy Moss except for us. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but yeah, I was jealous. I was jealous of the Falcons. I was jealous of the Dirty Bird and Jamal Anderson. And as I've grown up and I've been to Atlanta a couple times and also Atlanta, one of the best shows on television, one of the best food cities in the country, one of the best music cities in the country. How are uh, your clubs? From what I've heard, (laughs) (laughs) one of the most famous strip clubs in the world, Magic City, which has which is known for how good its wings are, too, and has wings (laughs) named after Atlanta native Lou Williams like that. It just doesn't get better than that. So I I haven't had the wings at Magic City before. Next time I'm going to Atlanta, I'm having them. But I have had wings at JR Crickets. They're amazing. They invented uh, lemon pepper dry, lemon pepper wet, even before it like got this huge you know internet following because of the Atlanta episode. Uh, Outcast is is from Atlanta. Hell yeah! Favorite hip hop duo. You can make the argument that it's the most successful music group ever. They're the best. They're, they're certainly they're, cooler they're than polar bear's toenails. So cooler than polar bear's toenails. Who wants to fuck with Hollywood Co? Um, I love Atlanta. It would be just a fun city to be from. I love the like, if, even like the current Hawks. They're not doing great right now, even like with Trey Young. Um, but they're fun, and they kind of they were that first sort of. This was when I was working for the Timberwolves, so I noticed this. Like they were that first. Like we're a decent team but we need to figure out how to draw fans. So they were one of the first NBA teams that really started trying to appeal towards millennials. So they had like a Tinder night at their own stadium because they're like, the rich people in the suburbs aren't going to drive through Atlanta traffic to come to games, you know, on weeknights. That's just not right. going to happen. So they're like, let's make this. And this is why I, I fuck with Major League Soccer so hard is because I think every team sort of agreed like, 
what if we just tried to make it cool like for like young people like if you're over the age of 30 and you have complaints like we'll listen to you but not really and, <laughs> and like the hawks were kind of then they like would uh put spotify playlists together um and they were doing this when they weren't that good and then they became good um so i think it's a good sports town the braves just won the world series um even though i think to the tomahawk chop is problematic <laughs> but and the bulldogs the, the, the yeah the, georgia yeah and yeah, yeah and, and yeah, i'd probably be, a, I'd probably be a georgia bulldogs fan i've heard i haven't been to athens but i've heard it's a great town and it's just a a city that's you know um uh you know it brought a lot to american culture and has certainly its own flavor and it's been unapologetic as hell and also uh ti had one of the most successful runs of uh trap hip-hop albums in in the history of of music and would you, i just love atlanta would you say that atlanta outside of the sort of birthplaces of hip-hop and we could just say like the east coast and the west coast atlanta is probably the best hip-hop town in the in the world wouldn't you it's, say it's hard i i hesitate with ever like ranking these because I, I think like it was for a while it was just like it was just new york and la yeah, and like the '90s were sort of obsessed with that, and even um, I think it was the Source Awards when maybe it, like the was it the '95 '94 Source Awards when uh, you know Tupac and like Death Row and like Snoop Dogg got booed, um, and Suge Knight called out Puff Daddy yeah. and come it, to like, Death was, Row. Yeah, yeah, you want a producer I'll, that's not on your video? I think I would, I would <laughs> dance I would, it off on the video. <laughs> I would have to look this up, but I believe Outkast got booed at that same Source Awards, and Andre went up and just said uh, to the microphone, just said, the South has something to say. And I think, like, that just sort of, like, paved the way to, you know, all these other times. Like, New Orleans obviously had a bunch of rappers come out of it. Houston was huge in the hip-hop scene. But just sort of, like, this sort of coastal approach to hip-hop was sort of shattered by outcast and also the two of like this andre and big boy worked so well together for so long and they're so fucking different yeah at, like, yeah like so yeah, different I, I don't even like <laughs> totally mind that they're not making music together anymore because everything they gave us to this point has been perfect yeah and you don't want to mess that up you don't want to mess that up but if they said like hey we're we're running it back one more i'd be excited as hell but even both <laughs> yeah. of their solo careers are are amazing and I, I like this turned into an outcast tangent real quick um but that's part <laughs> of it and and like the falcons they're sort of like um you know i've been cheering for heartbreak teams my whole life and they are uh the new poster child for heartbreak after that uh 28 3 uh meltdown against tom brady and the pats and i really yeah. wanted atlanta to win that game yeah um so i think uh it just fits a little bit it fits better as this like if you're asking me like where i need to move or like where i need to like uh relive any kind of like experience um i think it might be a little bit different but you're just saying rep and i feel like atlanta is is just it's that and i yeah i would love it and would have a lot of fun yeah yeah i could see uh, atlanta makes sense for you for sure uh and fun fact uh, i went to school uh grade school and middle school with uh, the nephew of the Atlanta Falcons head coach, June Jones, actually went to school really? with his, his uh, nephew and niece. Yeah. Yeah. His nephew is uh, two years older than me. His niece is a year younger than me, um, but they both went to Holy Family with me. Shout out Holy Family in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. God bless. Yeah. God bless. Um, <laughs> nice. I think those are two really good picks. Uh, I'll, I'll say mine. 
Uh, and then I have a, a two follow-up questions for you guys. Um, this is so going to be this... longer than the actual show. <laughs> yeah. But they're, two, they're two easy, quick follow-up questions. Um, uh, I think mine would be... Uh, God, it'd be tough because they didn't really have this going when I was growing up, but just for the sake of it, I'm going to say Paris, uh, because <laughs> I love uh, Paris. because they have number one, one soccer team it located in Paris, which is rare. So the whole city can rally around their team and they're uh, sponsored by Jordan and they're sponsored by Jordan. That's the other thing. And that's really the whole thing is the whole, <laughs> the whole vibe of the city, the PS. <laughs> The PSG branding is so sick, and in Paris is just jump a cool in, city. The, the yeah. whole thing is the what? It's Paris, it? but that's there's why you so love the much city. In, there's so much. It's in all about Jordan. Back to yeah. Chicago. But it's about how you, yeah, it's about how you rep the city and what makes the city fun to rep. Like it's it's its sure. image and the branding, yeah. right? And Paris so, is Paris is, but and you get. Paris uh, custom PSG Jordan fours. Yeah, and, uh, to, and, to walk around <laughs> the most right. like artistic, uh, artistically profound city in the yeah. history of we we the motherfucker. World. These are Jordan fours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Paris have is room. a great city. I need yeah. to go back to Paris. I, um, me too, man. I love that city so much, uh, and it's just um, it's uh, it's unpolitely itself and that's what i like about it it's like if you don't like it then get the fuck out like i like that attitude it's edgy i saw um, i saw vince staples perform in paris what that would be so cool yeah i love real. vince staples and i uh I, love uh paris uh, jp play five seconds of north north by vince staples you did it perfectly there yeah you you're oh, fitting yeah. into your new host chair flawlessly, Betty. Oh, <laughs> You're going to you. take my job pretty soon here. <laughs> Wait, is <All> this... Right. <laughs> are we fi- uh, five-seconding in uh, Benny's bonus belligerence? Yeah. Okay. It's Patreon exclusive, too. I think we can do more than five seconds. We could do the whole fucking song. Jay, this is an exclusive. Play six seconds. Play <laughs> um. <laughs> <Wait>, six seconds. <laughs> um. Okay, All so right. we, we sort of went over the first question, actually, which was, what constitutes a good city to rep? If you guys have anything else that you wanted to put in there, um, and I think, Terry, you nailed it. It's not necessarily the city that you would most want to grow up in, but would be the most funny, the most fun to be like, oh, yeah, I'm from this place. Fuck you. That sort of attitude. Sure, yeah. I still think it'd be cool to grow up in Atlanta. Yeah. I can't really imagine it, but. I mean, I, I don't know. know I, school if, if, if I had to run it back, I'd do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. So, JP, Chicago, Atlanta, and Paris—all uh, all great, great cities. Yeah, I see so, it working. Um, it works. Nice. So uh, then, the the last follow up question is, what do you guys think would be the worst city to rep? And that could be—we don't oh need to get God. into it as much. But that could be like who has the worst fucking fans, or just like what city is say, dog shit. Should we all say Eugene, Oregon? Because we're not trying to alienate any any potential no. listeners. No, L.A. Fuck L.A. I that, like see, LA. that's why I'm saying why the beginning fit into this. Uh, we have this we bit. have listeners in L.A. who might be who may were like, oh, I'm gonna sign up to this Patreon, and then they just heard JP say fuck L.A. Oh man. Uh, yep, I'll leave it at or, that then. So JP hates LA. I what's a I've had a miserable time in a handful of cities, but not to where I would like say it's the city's fault. Oh, I have one, but it's like obvious. 
There was one time I went to Minneapolis and I was forced to watch my 49ers on an iPad on the ground. <laughs> hate that city. Yo, else hates that city is Jimmy Glanville. Shout out Jimmy Glanville. Jimmy not, Glanville. Not, not because he hates Minneapolis. But not because he hates Minneapolis. Jimmy's an idiot and went to like the business convention area at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night and nothing was happening. It was the first time that Jimmy met Terry and I knew Terry. This was for our fraternities. Like it wasn't a fraternity event, but we were at McMinimans. Yeah, I remember that. Jimmy didn't know know Terry was from Minneapolis. And he's like, oh, Minneapolis, that's like the armpit of America. It's just a (laughs) god awful city. It just tears into Minneapolis and Terry was just silent the whole time but steaming mad he was do you remember, so mad do you remember what made that worse like 10 seconds not made like the next minute of conversation no but no but you'll, you'll you'll remember this because you may have even brought it up uh but someone brought up atmosphere oh and then jimmy oh. talked about how much he loved atmosphere oh. and that's when i lost it I was like, was this upstairs at McMinimins? Yeah, this was. Upstairs, I was there, back booth. Yeah, I was. There. I was like, who is this tiny little redhead, tinier than JP? Even He's though like you were Conan O'Brien, he was like a Conan O'Brien wannabe. He was like a miniature, but Conan's like six eight. He was like, I don't know. I know Jimmy listens to the pod, so shout out Jimmy. <laughs> I was no, so. I, would... I hadn't met Jimmy before. I was fucking heated and i also wasn't that reasonable back then either i'm not maybe not even reasonable now but i feel like i've matured a little bit where if, yeah if, if i'm in a bar and some asshole is like minneapolis sucks i'd be like well that dude's clearly from some shithole whatever um portland. and just would like keep it moving yeah jimmy is he is from portland fuck isn't he uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but then the next he was like minneapolis is worse than boise but like boise's kind of like low-key cool. boise's dope yeah. Boise's really cool. I like Boise. That's a lot. why I this question, Benny. I'm like, people just talk shit about cities when I'm like, you probably just like didn't meet someone cool. No, but like, LA is real. That, that place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LA, I think at least my... there's there's one person on the Belligerent Beast podcast who will welcome you and appreciate you, and that's probably me. Maybe Benny. I don't know. Uh, well, I was... once I will talk shit about Billings, Mont- Montana, because I had the worst day of my life there, and I hate that place. But that's not okay. like. That's personal. It is personal, yeah. and also not. No, we're strictly business. Yeah, I think, but I think repping B- Billings, like I, I guess that'd I be kind of tough, like B town. Um, oh, no, it, well, you couldn't do that because I, I, I like you would ex- what people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Belmont's part of the Bay. <laughs> yeah, <you> can. <laughs> I can still um, hate it. You can hate it, but that's like hating like a street in Portland. <laughs> um, you're, you're welcome to whatever yeah. you want. You are welcome uh, to it, but that's not the question. Like, I think you're probably baiting me into trying to like answer with like some Wisconsin town, but I no, love you most can't. cities in Wisconsin. You, you should say yeah. St. Paul. No, I like St. Paul. Paul. No, you know, deep down, think about no, it. No, I really like St. Paul. No! It's such a cliche thing for people from Minneapolis to hate St. Paul that I'm just like sick of it. Yeah, I, but I, if you, I you're not cliche. If not, you think sure. about I'm it, art, all... I'm artsy, baby. <laughs> I feel I like all the, all the towns that it would be um, like, uh, the towns that I don't like or that I, I like get mad at the fan bases of like, I'm thinking Miami would be sort of like up there. Right. I've well, never been to Miami though. I've like, never been to Miami. Miami's cool. Yeah, right. Like Miami but, that's what, is cool. but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you hate them because 
they show up late because they have way better shit to be doing than being yeah, exactly. at a basketball yeah. game. Like, fuck. Um, the other place that I was thinking is like Detroit, but Detroit would actually be Detroit's really fucking tight, cool man. to rep. De- Detroit. It would be, it'd be a tough place to and, grow up, but like it would be a cool place to rep. The, I think the place that I landed on was Milwaukee. Milwaukee's Milwaukee, tight, Oregon. No, well, <laughs> Milwaukee, Oregon sucks. Yeah. Milwaukee, was, <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin's the shit, dude. I love Milwaukee. It just from the outside appears to be just so vanilla. Yeah, it's not. Shock, right? It's not. I mean, like there's Find not minute, one city yeah. where the people go to and they're like, oh, that place. Like a consensus, like that place sucks. There's no place that ever that exists like that. Um, so I'm glad you like Milwaukee, but I'm just saying from an outsider's perspective that has never been to Milwaukee, aka. Um, the opinion that matters least. Uh, I'm saying that <laughs> Milwaukee seems vanilla and would be a tough place no, to rep. No. Oh yeah, we're t- we're talking about repping. Um, it's a tough place to rep. Like if you're like, oh, that well, dude's from anymore. Miami. That guy's from New York. That guy's from LA. That guy's from the Bay. That guy's from Milwaukee. You're like, oh. and it'd be like Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon. Yeah. When I first came out, like to uh, to the orientation and shit, I met a few people from Milwaukee, Oregon, and they just said they're from Milwaukee. And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm not the only Midwesterner here." I was so excited. <laughs> so how did you guys end up coming out to Oregon State? They're like, I, "It's like scholarships from my house." Yeah, I was like, "I," and I didn't know. I was like such an idiot. And they're just like, "Are you talking about Milwaukee, Wisconsin?" And I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "We're from Milwaukee, Oregon," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh." Because I met yeah. a few people and they were like, we're from Milwaukee. I'm like, oh my God, my mom's from there. And they're like, yeah, there's probably a lot of people's moms from there. Here. <laughs> yeah. Why is... I was hey, so excited. Your mom's from Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin? Yes. Oh, my mom's from Milwaukee, Oregon. Oh, hey. So yeah. there must have been neighbors. Yeah. There must have been neighbors. So you were some people who made fun of me at, uh, at orientation, except no, because you're already in like your second senior year by then. Just kidding. You're only like two years. <laughs> no, no, I was, my parents were just finding out about me being asked to not come back to Oregon State. <laughs> and I was, I was starting my enrollment at Portland Community College. There you go. Shout out, yeah. PCC. Oh, yeah. that's a good, that's good. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that wasn't a nice, uh, first Benny's bonus belligerence. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. if the listeners like that, they will love subscribing to our <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's that's way just better a questions taste. to come. Yeah. That's just a taste of the belligerence to come. <laughs> that's right. I should probably sign us all off. There'll be more on the Patreon too, but that is that's the headliner. That's the uh that's the reason why you come. Come for the bonus belligerence. Stay for the bonus bonus belligerence. I like to think uh, of it as like a Joe Rogan esque uh, banter. It's kind of like if you were talking. Oh, I was oh, waiting for no, Joe to like, just explode being mad. It's JP, not be like JP, Joe Rogan at don't, all. Don't edit out that silence. No, I'm not. But I'm gonna say that I feel like Benny's bonus belligerence is if you met somebody at the top of the cock at the at the bar, at the square yeah. bar. And you're shouting at them to try to talk to them any way you can communicate. That's yeah. what this segment is like. It's That's just right. like us be like, what? Yeah! <laughs> I'm from Milwaukee! <laughs> like, this is going to be... Which uh, one? <laughs> yeah. Highly entertaining. Definitely subscribe just for this alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. I, either of you got anything else to say? You guys doing good? No, I'm yeah. doing terrible. Having a good new year so far? 
<laughs> it's too late. It's the tenth day after New Year's. You can't talk about it anymore. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I wish Om- I wish Omicron would settle down, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I yeah. wish that too. Uh this has been a uh <laughs> fun episode of the Belligerent Peeves podcast. The thirty first uh episode. Um, we are we are now we have a full month's worth of uh, episodes in in the chamber now. Um, thank you for listening to us all the way uh, through this episode and through a, a full official NCAA football season. We made it, and uh, we will be back with you at least once a week uh, from now through spring camp, through the summer, and all the way up until Oregon State football kicks off in uh, under construction research stadium for the first day of the 2022 football season. And we will be covering all the Oregon State sports in between. Uh, we got some, we have a fun uh, baseball preview episode coming up next month. Uh, we've got some other guests lined up that are, we're really excited about. And of course, the Patreon exclusive series, the most dangerous series in all of podcasting, Benny's Bonus Belligerence, which we'll be <laughs> back and back with a vengeance. You just got a taste tonight. As always, I have been your one of your co-hosts, Terry Horseman, at Terry Horseman on Twitter and at Terrence Horseman on Instagram. Joined, as always, as I am, by my brothers in belligerence, J.P. Bertram at the Treal J on Twitter, at the underscore Treal underscore J to Treal to be real, and Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian B.H. at Benny L. 1986. Thank you for rocking with us for another great episode of the Belligerent Beast Podcast. Remember to order your Wrecking Research shirts and all other kinds of merch from belligerentbeefs.com. Tune in again next week to another episode with the Babes. And remember, even in a full, long, lonely offseason, you cannot spell chop em without hope. Chop em! Chop em! Chop em!